Jim, James, Tim. What's his name? I wrote it down. Jeff. <laughs> Please welcome Jeffrey Lord. Oh, this is for the Jeffrey this Lord is- show. Lord, really? I thought Jeffrey Lord was kind of like a real guy. How are you supposed to be a strong, thrilling, powerful warrior and lover with a name like this? It is like a weak ejaculation. <laughs> Jeff. The Lord is the gatekeeper of all music in Fort Worth. Oh, Jeffrey. If you don't love the Lord, you're F and F. Like, really, is this the level that you sung to, Lord? So I'm done with Jeffrey Lord. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Funky Town Podcast. I am your host, Jeffrey Lord. All right. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Have a seat, have a seat. All right. We have a big show for you tonight. I'm super excited. Um, this week, our guest is Gabby Minton, and she's a local singer-songwriter here in Fort Worth. We played one of her songs last week called Trash Day, um, and then... She actually reached out and was like, hey, thanks for playing my song and whatever. And I was actually wanting to have her on. I just haven't reached out to her yet. And um, I was like, well, since she wrote me and said thanks for playing the song, I was like, hey, want to come on the show this week? And she's like, sure. So this week we have Miss Gabby on. And um, I had a really good talk with her. She's really cool. Um, really easy to get along with. Super fun. She's got a great voice. Um, she has a great speaking voice. She also has a great singing voice. Uh, super talented singer songwriter. Um, seems really cool. And so I think you guys will like her if you don't know her. And if you do know her, you'll think she did really well. Um, she's cool. And so I look forward to you guys being able to hear the interview. We also got some music up for tonight. I had a bunch of songs that I've been wanting to play. Um, over the past several months that sometimes they just don't fit the way that I want them to. And, um, tonight I was kind of looking through them and I was like, Oh, I'm going to play, um, I wanted to play Remy Riley. She had a new song called Avalanche back. It was new a few, a few months ago. I wanted to play it and never did. At least I don't think I did. And if I did, well, we're going to play it again. Cause it's, it's that good. So we're going to, um, have a song by her. And then, um, also was like, you know what? I never played the new Celestial Lamore song, Font, which I've been wanting to play. F A U or F O U N T Font Fount. Um and then um I was like, Oh, there's a Pearl Earl Earl song and then so I started putting my little list together and it's like, Oh, you know what? I had Bruce Magnus on here and I was gonna put J O E on here, but I was like, Ah, I've got a bunch of ladies. Let's just keep it all ladies. So that's what we're gonna do tonight. We're gonna start off the show with a, a song by Pearl Earl, and it's called You Are Not God. And then from there, we're going to go into Remy Riley's Avalanche, um, another awesome singer songwriter here in Fort Worth, which you haven't seen. You should see her. She's super cool and really, she's really good. Um, she's fun to watch perform. And then um, after that, we're going to have A World Without, which is by our guest tonight, Gabby Minton. And then after um, her song, we'll go into the interview. After the interview, we'll play um, the newest one from Celestial L'Amour called um, Font, I guess. Let me see how you use Font. I'm pretty sure it's Font, F-O-U-N-T, like fountain, but without the N. So we'll play that one by Celestial L'Amour, Font, and then um, 
we'll close it out with a song by um, someone named um, Van Darian. I think it's Vanessa Darian, but she goes by Van Darian as a stage name. And the song is called Twisted Metal. Um, she's somebody that I've been following on Twitter recently as well. And um, listening to some of her music, it's a little bit more country. And um, this is a really cool song. It's great musically. The lyrics are awesome. I really like it. It's called Twisted Metal. So we'll close out the show with that. Um, other than that, man, um, everything's well. Um, everybody is at Tulips tonight to see um, 88 Killer. But I'm here with you guys doing this to make sure you have a show on Monday. Because that's what I do. I could be out partying and having a good time, but instead I'm here twisting the knobs, recording stuff, putting things down so you guys will have something to hear this next week. So let's get the show started, all right? Pearl Earl, you are not God, kicks it off for us tonight. Peace. Love you guys.
is the Funky Doo, Fogwarts' favorite podcast, the Funky Town Podcast. And now I feel the avalanche coming again. You text once and I'm buried in nonsense. I'd explain, but I don't really want to. Why can't I love you? Why would I want to? Hold tight and follow me. You're the featured artistry. You see, you're kind of popular in my brain. Enough to make a pacifist go insane. Can't contain, and I can feel it in my veins. I mean, who is there really to be blamed? You're my main, and I cannot change when you're not.
Gabby Minton. Hi, how are you doing? Good, good. Jeffrey Lord. Um, how are you doing? Good. I'm actually on my way to Tulips right now. Oh, are you? Yeah, 88 Killa is having a show this evening, and so uh, we're going to go catch a little bit of that. That's awesome. Nobody has been um, asking me why I wasn't there. Oh. And I was like, I've yeah, got... It's a really good venue. Yeah. I was like, I'm doing an interview. I got to talk to Gabby at, at 8 o'clock. They're okay. But yeah, I know um, one of the guys from the Funky Panthers up there, and Doc Rock is up there from the Traumatics. Susie's up there. Oh, nice. So, yeah. You'll have to make your way up there when we're done. Yeah, maybe so. <laughs> but I got to put every, I got to put everything together. and I don't know. Maybe I could push it off and put it out tomorrow. So we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> so, But you're having a good day? I'm an after party. Yeah, today was uh, kind of a recovery day. I was out pretty late last night. My friends had an art show, and um, a couple of people played. It was really nice, really good vibes. And then um, I went to Down and Out for the first time last night. Oh, how's that? Which was, it was really nice. It's like a shitty little bar, but in the best way possible. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, it's right yeah, around the I corner from where. It's right around the corner from where Mass was, right? Yeah, kind of right in that same area. Yeah. It's really nice. The drinks are cheap. Everybody's real nice and happy. Good stuff. That's cool. So um, just following you on Twitter, it seems like you had a good week. Yeah, it's been kind of a busy week. It's been really good, though. There's been lots of great, great artists having shows in the past week. Oh, for sure. And then I actually racked up some shows myself. So I didn't have any this week, but I have some shows next week. I'm actually playing my first music festival on Friday. Is that the one in Denton? Yeah, the She Rock Festival. Yeah, that sounds cool. That sounds really cool. I'm excited. It's going to be a bunch of female artists, and um, all of the proceeds actually go to a couple of nonprofits. They help get um, all sorts of assistance for, like, uh, family violence victims and actual period products for people for free. Oh, nice. Yeah, really amazing stuff. I'm super excited to be a part of it. That's really cool. Yeah, we need to get something going on. Like, Actually, I think, I don't know, I could be, I, might, I read something somewhere or heard something and I might have missed. I might be misspeaking, but I think that Rachel Golay is doing something in a couple of weeks or a month or something that has like a <clears throat> either all female cast or some sort of show or I'll have to find out more about it. Nice. Yeah. It's, um, March is, I believe international women's month. Oh, that's or there okay. might be a day in March, something along the lines of that. But yeah, lots of really good, uh, female led stuff coming up. That's awesome. Yeah, see, March is also my wedding anniversary and my birthday. Oh, what a good month. Yeah, it's a great month for me, what too. A, what yeah. a good start to spring. That's so good. Yeah, to me, March is really the beginning of the year. This is the end of the year, you know. It seems like it should be that way. Like, when winter ends, that should be the end of the year. And when spring starts, it should be the beginning of the new year. 
Right. Oh, New Year's would be amazing in the middle of spring. Wouldn't it? Or at least at the at, at the end of winter, you know, have a big, you know, like somewhere. I guess it would probably be like right around spring break, you know, because I think spring is what, March 20th? Yeah, the first day of spring is March 20th. Yeah, so it had to be somewhere, you know, like March 19th would be the new New Year's Eve. <laughs> that would be such a good time frame. Well, it wouldn't be cold. Or it shouldn't be cold. So yeah, yeah, I've never spent New Year's at the beach. That would be nice. That would be nice. <laughs> um, my, I don't know why we're talking about this, but my favorite New Year's that I've like in my lifetime that I had, I was able to um, go to New York, Manhattan, Times Square on New Year's Eve. But it was New Year's Eve, nineteen ninety nine. Oh, yeah, so I thought really, that was a huge one. It was massive. It was so cool. We, we flew up like on New Year's Eve, landed, and then went to Times Square and just kind of stayed there all night, all all the next day into when the clock changed, and then all that night, and then went home the next morning. So we were just there a couple of days, but <clears throat> it was all Manhattan just in that crowd, and it was cool. I very specifically remember, um, I was like, I think I was seven mm-hmm. around that time, seven or eight. And I specifically remember the fear around the Y2K happening. Yeah. And everybody was like, turn off your computers. Don't touch anything. Me and my brother were just like, okay, so I guess the world's about to end or something. That was actually a very intense New Year's Eve. It was very weird. Yeah, but I was yeah. Like my parents and some and some friends were like, you shouldn't go because if Y2K does happen and you're in New York City and you know all the all the computers and stuff go down, I can't get home because I can't fly because the computers don't work. I don't know if the planes are going to work. You know, I'm like, Man, that's one, I just I just didn't think it was going to happen. And two, I was like, I think that New York City is going to be the safest place on New Year's Eve. There's so much security and stuff. Of course, yeah, that was, they have it all set up for stuff like that for yeah. sure. Um, but yeah, so I was, I was a little bit nervous, but not really, you know, um, and it, it was interesting cause I'll, I'll, I always think, did we overhype it and nothing was ever going to happen or did we worry about it the right amount and actually took care of it? So nothing would happen. That's an interesting take. I don't know. You know, because when nothing like happens, everybody's like, Oh, was- you know, everybody, we just over reacted maybe they reacted perfectly and that's why nothing happened yeah maybe it was like preventative measures mm-hmm. interesting that's a lot cooler than it just not happening yeah <laughs> i just try to give people the benefit of the doubt oh yeah always i definitely err on the side of optimism yeah that's good i think that's good so um yeah i I'm not good at Twitter, but I'm on there. Um, <laughs> I'm barely good at Twitter. I just got back on Twitter last year. I was like, let me try this out again. Well, everybody says, you know, that if you want to reach a bigger audience, you really need to be on Twitter. I mean, Facebook is all the olds, which is what I am, which is why I'm there. Um, <laughs> you know, but, but you're supposed to reach out to these other because I'm look, I'm not going to get into TikTok and I'm not going to get into Snapchat. And I'm a 51 year old man. I don't need to do that stuff um <laughs> but, the TikToks. no i don't even under it's cool i just i don't get it but 
that's a discussion for another time. But I was, what, I, what I was saying was like most of the people that I find, I find on Facebook. Um, but I'm trying to follow more and more folks on Twitter now. And so I'd seen your name come up and I was like, and I never know if the person is local or not. Because I do follow people that aren't, you know, you know, local on Twitter as well. So I'm like, is this person? So I'll look and be like, oh, okay. Well, she was playing at, you know, local places. And so she must be here. So, you know, so that's how I found you because I wasn't sure. I was like, is this a local girl? And so I started watching your videos and looking at some of the stuff where you played. And I was like, oh, because I don't know you on Facebook, only from Twitter. It worked. Twitter mm-hmm. worked. <laughs> yeah, so it did work, you know. And I think that That's was pretty so cool. good. No, it was neat because I I just seen you, so I started to kind of like look at some of your stuff and li- listen to it. And I was I'd already planned on playing one of your songs, and then you showed up on um, the Forever Reckless podcast, and I was like, oh, this is cool. Oh my gosh, that was so fun. Those girls are crazy. Those I girls are them. crazy. <laughs> no, they're hard to keep up with. I'm just they're so fast. I'm like, oh, you know. And I was telling Susie, I was like, I was like, I really like their show. I was like, but I'll be honest with you I was like I don't get all of it because some of the lingo and stuff oh yeah it's definitely it's like girl time that's what it felt like to me I felt like I was just like hanging out with the girls right it was really nice and sometimes I feel like I'm some sort of like weird voyeuristic creep looking in the window oh no the peeping tom of the the peeping podcast right yeah i'm the the peeping podcaster (laughs) oh my gosh that's so funny (laughs) so but no they're always just so funny yeah, they crack me up. And they had some really good stuff. They actually, um, I think one of the first shows that I listened to, no, it might not, I don't think it was them. I think it was Corks and Cowtown. That's who it was. Um, I listened to them before I, I don't know all the podcasts around town. So whenever I hear of a new one, I try to at least listen to one or two shows just so I get a feel for what's out there. And so I think I listened to the Corks and Cowtown girl first, and then I found the Forever Reckless girls, maybe because of her. But yeah, they were talking about they had a um, um, a guy on, and they were talking about um, how it's people get weirded out by um, talking to pe- people because they don't know what whether how do I say this? They don't know how to identify them, you know. And, um, oh, yeah. you know, do I say, you know, is it she, is it a he, is it a they? I don't know. It's, when you're just meeting for the first time, you don't know, you know. And they were like, well, the great thing about living here is I just call it everybody y'all. And I was like, dude, that's so great. And, oh, my God. And that's so true. I'm so true. And so it's so like now anytime I'm, you know, if I'm not quite sure, I'm like, thanks, y'all. You know, it just saves it. Yeah, no, I always... I don't realize how much I actually use y'all until somebody else points that out. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, that's like really in there. And it works for everybody. What was Fort Worth saying? They did a, a pride thing. It was, I think it's y'all means all. Right. And I thought yeah. that was so cute. It is. <laughs> and it's very true. Mm-hmm. No, and I think it's, like I said, I, I think that's cool. And anytime, you know, I don't want to get myself into it. Because, I mean, you can just... just you assume whatever, you know, but as soon as you say it and then they look at you, you're like, oh, I made the wrong assumption. So this way, it doesn't take the assuming out. You know, I walk into a room. I'm like, hey, y'all, <laughs> see y'all later. I don't have to be like, hey, ladies or hey, fellas or any of that kind of stuff. It's just, hey, y'all, you know. It works yeah. all across the board. <laughs> but that was that was something, you know, really cool that I learned. But no, it's, um, but with the Forever 
Reckless Girls. I think it was one of the early ones. They they got into to something really he- heavy, and I think it was about because they talk a lot about the creepy boys that talk to them or. They're, yeah, they're around more than people think. Just no. women are so used to like passing it off, like it's like uh, whatever, because it happens so frequently in the world, you know. And they tell some stories. I'm just like, oh, I mean, it's like oh, I just don't want to think that that happens, but it does. I mean, just. Just weird dudes that'll just follow you around and watch you or always show up at the same place where you're at. And you're like, what's the deal here? You know, why are you always where I am or whatever? And it's like, that's just, ugh. Because I have an 18-year-old daughter, you know. Oh, Lord. <laughs> so, and, and she's not a social butterfly. And, and that's also what's weird is because she's a very, um, she has a couple of friends that she hangs out with. She mostly has guy friends. And, um. But she Good. has no. But she has no interest in going out, and she doesn't even want to be out af, after dark because she gets a little bit nervous, <laughs> you know. And so, I'm, yeah, I'm okay you could never that. be too safe no. in this day and age. You never know. No, so she 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 always has a knife on her now, which is good. I don't really know. If she yeah, that's very good. And my dad always taught me to be extremely vocal. Like, he's like, you know, if if somebody's creeping you out or making you uncomfortable, like, loudly speak about it. That's like my, uh, like, I guess my vocal knife. Like, immediately, I'm like, hello, why are you being a creep in public? Yeah, just And I really make loud. sure, like, people are around to hear it and, like, like, everybody stare at this person. And it tends to work pretty well, but it doesn't work if you're by yourself. No. No. That's when it's really scary. <laughs> no, yeah, that's just... when it gets terrifying. Yeah. So, but no, it's it's always interesting to listen to their show. It's kind of like um, I don't know if, um, if you've ever listened to um, the Fort Worth Famous podcast. It's got Susie, Susie and her daughter Ivy, and a lot of that. I actually is, caught a little bit of it not that long ago. Okay, it's it's really good, and it is all the girl talk too because they're always talking about not always, but they do a lot of. Um, where they'll, where they'll talk about makeup and stuff. I mean, they'll really go into detail. And they're oh, like, fun. so, and I'm just like, okay, I get it. It's your thing. It's cool. I'll listen to it because they're my friends, you know, so I'm going to listen to it. Oh, the um, support. Yeah. But, um, you know, and they'll talk about um, the Beverly Hills. It's not always Beverly Hills. It's the Real Housewives. That's who it is. They're like the Salt Lake City ones, I think. So they'll talk about that. But they'll talk about all this stuff that I'm not quite familiar with, you know. But I think it makes me, um, I don't know, just more in, in in tune and stuff, I guess. Yeah, it's always nice to kind of peek into other people's worlds a little bit. Well, because it's really weird, because there is so many. It's like we all have our own little world. I mean, you know, not even just guys and girls, you know, just even to peek in all these different podcasts. You get to peek into their little different worlds. It's, it's very voyeuristic, you know, especially if the if the people doing it are very upfront and open and willing to share their life you know it's super interesting yeah the vulnerability yeah it's super interesting to hear everybody and i love talking on the phone too so i really like this aspect i'm the one that always calls people and they're like hey you could have texted me oh. so i'm like oh phone calls are perfect <laughs> oh cool yeah, and see the, uh, the funny thing is i'm not really into talking on the phone that much i'm i, I would be like you could have texted me that you didn't have to call you know <laughs> But for this, I really like it. Um, 
I don't know, because I, I, again, I, I kind of want it to be, it's supposed to be two different things. One, it's supposed to be kind of like a radio show, and you know how they'll always call somebody on the radio, and they talk to the, the artist or whoever their guest is, they'll talk to them on the phone. So it's it's kind of yeah. like that. But it's not a radio show, so it's it almost feels like you get to listen in to a private phone conversation. You know. Kinda, yeah. I could definitely see that. That's an interesting take. And that's why I got to <laughs> let people know that I'm recording because I've had a few people be like, "Oh, are you recording now?" I'm like, "I've been recording." They're like, "Oh, did I say anything I, I shouldn't consent. have?" <laughs> <laughs> like, you didn't say anything. Okay, okay, okay. Let's make sure because you get kind of comfortable, like you're just, you know, like nobody's listening. But it's that way on every podcast. Even when you're sitting in the room, you just start talking, and next thing you know, you're driving home, going, "Man, I can't believe I told that story." Oh my gosh, every single time I do a podcast, I think about that. I think I've done three so far. My first one was an interview like with a camera in my face and everything. And for the two weeks before it came out, I like replayed it in my head. and was like, should I have said this? Did I say too much here? Should I have censored myself there? And then I was like, wait, it was fine. It's always fine. But it's so yeah. easy to like, yeah, it's so easy to look into it while you're waiting for it to come back out. Um. No, f- for sure, because I've, I've done that. And I've even had people write me and be like, man, I can't believe you you talked about that. <laughs> I was like, ah, <laughs> whatever, it's part of my past or whatever, you know. Like like uh, you told, you were telling a story, <clears throat> which was cracking me up. You were talking about how you had a mohawk for a while, which I think is just fascinating. <laughs> I did. I had a foot tall green mohawk. That's great. If we were in person... Maybe I can text you a picture of it. Okay. And you can see it. No, yeah, it was the second I turned 18. I was like, yeah, freedom. And it was, oh my gosh, never again. And then you're talking That's about for sure. you it, got a cut and and it was laid over to the, to the side and you looked like Hitler. Yeah, no, having to regrow it out was a nightmare. And the, the hairdresser at the time didn't help at all. It was crazy. So you wouldn't just—it's definitely a learning process. Yeah, so you didn't just keep it long and just start growing everything out, and then once everything else gets kind of longer, you cut the long piece short. You just kind of cut it short with everything short. Yeah, it was either pretty much like have a mullet for a while or completely cut it off and start over. And I was really against the mullet, but looking back, I probably should have done the mullet. Yeah. Could you braid? So you could have braided it all the way back. Oh, that would have been fancy. Yeah. No, yeah, I would always lay it down, like, before I cut it all the way off, I only actually spiked it up, like, once or twice because it took so long. So it was always down or, like, had little clips in it. It was, like, a real cute, girly mohawk. I bet that's awesome. Now, I wanted I wanted a, a, a mohawk whenever I was a kid, but there was no way my parents would ever let me get away with it. Even at 18, they would have gave me hell. Um, but yeah, I remember they did not believe they were like, you're not going to do that. My dad looked me in the face and was like, I don't believe you. He's like, I don't think you're going to do it. And I went and did it that very same day. I was like, it's time. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm glad I did it just to say that I did it. Right. It's experience. And yeah, exactly. You, and, and you got the pictures to prove it. Let's see. Too many pictures. Yeah, I went in. Oh, here they are. I'm about to try to text it to you. I'm in my car right now. Okay. I should have some decent service. Now, I think I was 14 and I was in ninth grade, and um, I had it was <laughs> I had a mullet. We all had mullets, you know. And my hair is already curly. 
um, but it had it short on the side. It was long in the back, and it was curly. And we, I went, and we, we all would go and get perms. And so the back of my hair was permed. I mean, like curly, curly. And so it, it was growing and growing. And then I went, and I got a haircut, and, and some of it was kind of cut out. But it, it had been growing this whole time, but it was just curls. And when they cut it, all these curls just fell. And my hair was, like, super oh, no. long in the back. And it was, like, really short on the sides. And I and I... I was walking out to the car, and I get in the car, and my, my mom looks at me, and she's like, nope, go back inside and have that cut off of your neck. I was like, oh, come on, but it looks so She's like, nope. You know, I, I had to go back inside and look, can you cut off the back? <laughs> they went there and, oh, man, but, she said, absolutely not. Yeah, she made me go back in there and tell them to finish the job. I was like, come on. It oh. looked so cool. But, yeah, no, we were all we were all looking like um, Kirk Cameron from um, Growing Pains. I don't know if you've ever, if you're familiar with that. With oh, that I show. can see it. I can see the hair in my head. Yeah, sure. but we all had the curly hair in the back and we had it would be feathered on top you know like just really pretty feathered on top and then the back would just be curls it was nuts that's about to be a thing again the mullets are everywhere they are everywhere i feel like it's gonna slowly revert back to like puffy 80s hair now see these are great i got your pictures <laughs> you and your car it, it, oh, good. You it like touches them. your ceiling of your car yeah, I had to actually, I tried to put my seat down as far as I could, <laughs> and it still touched a little bit. Oh, that's cute, though. When you have it down, you kind of got your bangs. Yeah, I tried to make it real girly. After, like, the two times I spiked it, I was like, okay, how can we make this work? So I'd always put a little clip on the top. Let me see if I can find when I chopped it off and look like Hitler. <laughs> so it was horrible. I didn't want to go outside for, like, a week. <laughs> Like, there's no way. So, have you ever got into wigs? Because I think if I was a girl, I think I would totally get into wigs. I've thought about it, but I have not. I usually always have really long hair. So, I, I know there's, like, wig caps and stuff. But I've never really had a small amount of hair to, like, shove underneath a wig. They're so fascinating, though. You can just switch up real quick. I wonder how weird it would be if I was a guy where every time they saw me, I had a different wig. Oh, yeah. That's not so bad. I pictured it so much yeah, worse. It's, yeah. <laughs> Looking back, it really wasn't. And I tried to put a flower in it and like make it girly, and it didn't work. It could have been a lot worse. But in that moment, I was like, this is the worst thing that could have ever happened to me. How funny. <laughs> are you real vain? You're not, you're not really that vain. Or are you? No, I've actually been trying to like... I, I, so I have two small kids. That, well, they're getting bigger on me. They're four. One's about to be four and one's six. Oh, fine. So for like a good five-year period, I like didn't even look at myself at all. I was like, it didn't matter what we were doing, where we were going. I was just out there in the world. You're just being a mom. Ready. Yeah. Yeah. It was very super mom time. And so the past, I think, maybe the past year or two, I've been like, okay, let me focus a little bit more on like, me and my appearance and how I want to look and then of course once I started releasing my music and stuff and having to like put my face out there it's like okay time to buy clothes and stuff finally got out of like my mom funk a little bit yeah so yeah I don't think I'm too vain but I've definitely been paying a lot of attention to my appearance which still sometimes ends up being like a hobo outside <laughs> but I'm, i've been trying a little bit more <laughs> yeah I, i'm i'm one of those um folks that I, I think if um if you're 
going to play on stage. Um, you should do something. You don't have to look nice. I don't. I don't want to say, "Oh, you should look nice and wear makeup and hair." And I and I don't, and I don't even mean girls. I just mean guys too. I think you should. I don't know. I like the grunge thing when everybody wore shorts and boots and the flannel and stuff. But even that was way different than what we were seeing before. It. Everybody was wearing spandex and had the big hair and the makeup and stuff. So it was totally the opposite. But I, I think you should wear some sort of costume or outfit or. You know, I like the country nudie suits or the big, you know, like the like the rhinestone jackets and pants or um, wearing odd shirts or big glasses or you know, you know what I mean? Some sort of yeah, some kind of stage presence and aesthetic. I'm really into playing with sunglasses. That's sunglasses my thing. I always try to have like a huge thing of sunglasses, but also it's because I don't like looking at people when I play. Oh. I always play with my eyes closed, so I'm like, if I have the glasses on, it just looks like super cool. <laughs> yeah, nobody knows you got your eyes closed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I like sunglasses and I like hats. Uh, yeah, I would wear a lot of hats and a lot of sunglasses on stage for sure, and probably crazy shirts. Um, so also so. On the podcast that I heard you on, I learned, I think you said you started playing instruments and stuff like around 12. Yes. Yeah, I've always, so me and my brother grew up around a lot of music because my dad's a musician, but I started picking up violin at school. I got into orchestra when I was 12. So my violin's actually my only instrument that I'm classically trained on. And it's I've played it the longest. But my guitar came right after that. So those are my two that I've played for about almost 20 years. So if you can play the violin classically, can you play the fiddle? It's funny, actually. My violin technically is a fiddle. My dad got it from this, like country western swing guy and i think it was like a couple hundred bucks but the bridge is lower it's like a little bit lower and not as uh, rounded out so you can hit chords really well so it's like a super easy jamming violin it's not like a super um like some real classical violins aim on hitting single notes but this one is like for the chords oh cool yeah, it's really it's one of my favorite things to jam on. It's real easy to like jump into random stuff on it. So yeah, it's like classically trained, but it's also like my jamming instrument too. That's cool. And so you play and you play the guitar and you play the ukulele. Yes, yeah, the guitar is the one I play the most for sure. And then I have like one or two songs on my ukulele. I've been trying to dabble on that one a little bit more. It's fun, you know. I, I like the ukulele. It's always got like a nice, happy sound. Um, I, was th- I was just trying to think if I've ever seen anybody like sing and play the violin or the fiddle. I'm sure there has been. I try to. And there's a lot of country bands that have a fiddle player that sing, or but- they'll do the background vocals. I haven't been able to like. Uh, split my focus yet or I end up singing what I'm playing on my violin okay, and then I'm like wait a minute it's tough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's definitely very talented to that and people that sing and play drums blow my mind I always think that's that really threw me off as a 
as a kid, whenever I would see a drummer sing, I was just like, that's not, you can't do that. That's against the rules. I don't know why, but it's like a drummer should not, <laughs> not be a allowed. singer. Yeah, because they're in the back. And I don't know. It's just, it always, even still, when, when I see a drummer, you know, sing, I'm just like, it just, it always strikes me as odd. You know. Yeah, no, it's like a like a dog walking on their hind legs or kind, something. But it's is. so fascinating to me. Oh yeah, I've got way more of an appreciation for it now as an adult. But yeah, as, as a kid, I was just like, that doesn't seem right. You know, <laughs> like this man sucks. What is he doing? It's like, how 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 do you have a band when when the you know when the singer's not standing in front of the stage in in the center, you know, doing his thing? That's so funny. <laughs> Um, and so, yeah, so you were, you were, were you from Garland? You were raised in Garland? Yeah, I was born in Dallas and then I grew up in Garland and I actually lived in Garland up until I moved to like the HEB area over in Euless. Mm -hmm. I've only lived in the Fort Worth and Crowley area for the last two years. So I kind of hopped around the DFW a little bit. But yeah, Garland is the hometown. Mm -hmm. It's pretty nice, but I'm going to stay in this area for sure. I don't imagine myself uh, moving back to the Dallas area. It's just too big and busy. Yeah, it's. I love it out there, but it's so nice out here. Mm -hmm. It's not as crowded, and it's really quiet and collected some places. Of course, there's always like rowdy places, but even the rowdy places are safe and welcoming, it seems. They're a little more chill, yeah, for sure. So did you come out here um, for like a job and stuff or did you just for like the music? Well, it was just kind of like a start over me and uh, my kid's dad split up mm -hmm. and we had an apartment out in Bedford. And so I came to stay out with my mom for a bit in Crowley and then COVID hit and I got uh, put down to like super, super part time work and uh, nobody would sell me a house or anything. Sure. COVID was crazy. Yeah. But yeah, so it was supposed to be very temporary. I was like, I'm out here for two months and then I'm going back to Dallas. And then I started like actually hanging out places out here and was like, I just completely fell in love with the area and the people. I love it. I think it's great. Yeah. I think the more and more people come out here and they're like, oh yeah, I think I'm just stay here. Cause it's nice. Yeah. You don't realize it till you're here. People think it's just like, tumbleweeds and the stockyards but there's so much more culture yeah now that's always been my favorite thing about it because it it is a big city and you can get lost in any part of it and you know i i go around town all day long and don't see anybody that i know you know because it's because it's a big city but yet it still feels like a small town for some reason well yeah it really does everybody feels so connected and so like People, I'm still getting used to everybody's I'm the worst with names I'll meet somebody three times and be like I'm so sorry I don't remember your name but everybody seems to remember my name or like where we met or the last thing we talked about like everybody just seems really sincere like they really genuinely care how you are and what you're doing That's like, yeah yeah no I agree it's a and I don't I guess when I was growing up um too it, i'd always learned that like texas it was it was tejas which was the friendly state and there was just always this sense of um anywhere that i lived here in texas was to be friendly you know to be uh, to be neighborly um and it, it's still around it's 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 a weird time 
right now I don't think everybody is as neighborly and as friendly um, as it used to be, and hopefully we can get back to it. But it's still it's still not terrible here, not everywhere anyways here. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's definitely good pockets. And, so, and there's also bad pockets for sure. <laughs> yeah. So I just try to stay in the good pockets and stay out of the bad pockets. Exactly. Stay out of the bad pockets. <laughs> Um, and so you, you're, oh, I, it just, the name of your record just escaped me. Is it, it's okay? Yes. Okay. It's okay. Is my debut album that I released on Halloween. Where did you, um, do it at? I actually recorded that out in Balt Springs with, um, Rich Erie with Sad People's Donuts. It's a record label and, it's so amazing. He actually has the studio almost on a commune with like five houses and a farm. So every time I go, there's like peacocks and emus and all sorts. If you look on uh, my Instagram pretty far down, there's a reel where we were getting ready to record and one of the peacocks started going off. Really? And so we had to kind of stop. And we, yeah, it was really funny. It picked up on the mic a little bit. But we had to kind of sob and wait for it to go away. <laughs> you should try to incorporate it in the song. it's fascinating out there. No, that sounds cool. Yeah, no, it should be like a, a good intro eventually. No, that sounds really cool. Um, do you go out there and like stay like a few nights or do you like go back and forth? Well, when we were recording, what we would do is an all-day session. Mm-hmm. And we actually knocked the entire album out in five sessions. Oh, nice. Which is like... Yeah, looking back, I'm like, that's so crazy. It's all these songs. I've had them for years. So once we got them penned out, it was like a real quick process. But we did like five or six, I think, eight-hour sessions. But I would just get there about 11, and we would take like a nice lunch break. And I'd usually get out by like 6, 7 o'clock at the latest. But yeah, I would just kind of hole up in there. Some days we would do like four or five songs. Some days it was only three but we knocked it out pretty quick. That's really cool. And um, are these like songs that, because you've been playing um, and writing for so long, are these like songs that you've kind of been carrying with you for the past, you know, 10, 12, 20 years? Or are they all kind of like For the most part, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most of them were like, some. A World Without is actually the first song I ever wrote. Oh, really? And I wrote it, I want to say, when I was 18, 17 or 18. And um, up until some of the songs, like Loopholes, I wrote last August, and we recorded it last September. It was, like, immediate. It just came out really quick. Oh, cool. Yeah, so it's a very wide range, but all of them are my journal entries. It's, like, literally just my journal, and then I put music to it. (laughs) No, that's great. So, like, I mean, because... In ten years or whatever, you're, you're going to look back on this and you'll hear some of these songs, and it'll you'll time travel t- back to that time period. Yeah, I know. I always think about that. I'm like, they're really just out there in the world. Like, I could be 80 and then look back and be like, oh yeah, that's my song about my trauma. That's uh-huh. great. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I I love when people come up and they're like, I resonated with that, or they're like, I felt that before. And I'm like, that's literally the whole reason that I decided to put them out. Right. So I was like, I know there's other people that will hear this and be like, I have gone through that exact situation and those exact words. And it's so fun having them come up. I'm starting to find them. 
it's like a little collective and they're like hey we've been hurt too let's talk about it yeah that's that's awesome yeah because we've all been hurt some way you know um exactly but it is good to like i mean that's what that's what music does is you know is that you can hear something and be like oh I knew what I was thinking and I couldn't put it down, but this person said exactly what I was feeling or thinking, you know, and you really kind of connect to it and it can help you heal. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's a total release. Yeah. I think that's awesome. Um, yeah. And I was going to, uh, we played trash can last week and then, um, this week I was going to play a world without, I had it queued up for the show. Oh, good. Yeah, that's one of my favorites. I like it. It's a, a nice little happy one. Yeah. <laughs> it feels real happy, yeah. I mean, it's it's not that happy, though. No, yeah, that's my thing. I like making the song sound really happy. Mm-hmm. So, like, on a surface level, if somebody's just, like, hearing it, they're like, oh, this is great. But then once they start listening and, like, hearing the words, they're like, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, this is kind of fucked up. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's like a... I don't know, like a yin-yang, happy, sad, something like that. Yeah, and it shows the contrast, and it's, it's cool. It's very cool. Um, Thank you. Yeah, and I, I like that song. So you have your show coming up in Denton, the, what's it called again, She Fest, She Rock, what's it? She Rock. She Rock. Yeah, She Rock 2023. Yeah, I'll be there um, Friday night. Friday night. It's uh, Rubber Gloves Rehearsal Studios in Denton. Mm-hmm. And um, the doors open at six, but I go on. I'll be headlining the speakeasy stage, and my set starts at ten fifteen. And it'll be a pretty good set. It's going to be upwards about an hour. It's going to be all my original music. It's going to be an acoustic set, and I'll have my foot tambourine with me. Oh, cool! And so that'll yeah, that'll bust out on a couple of songs. And then I actually picked up a brunch gig too at Bearded Lady on Sunday. I'll be there twelve to three on the patio. Oh, nice! Yeah, the spring's starting to roll up, so all the patio gigs are coming up. When you play the uh, patio gigs, you do like three hours. Yeah, the patio gigs I'll do. Um, I have a lot of covers in those, so those usually range about two or three hours yeah. comfortably. Yeah, that, that was my, my next. Question was if you do a lot of covers for that kind of stuff. I, I really like now that I've done some original shows. I definitely prefer the shows where I do all my original music. But the covers are so in demand. Like that's yeah. all the places. What like a nice lengthy set with something that somebody knows. Mm-hmm. And I don't. I definitely don't mind them. I love singing the covers. Oh, I would do it because that's that's how you make your money. You know, you go there and that's yeah, your, the, that's where you work. Those are the ones that pay pretty nice. Right. <laughs> you know, and then you can do your gigs on Friday and Saturday nights or whatever and play your originals and kind of build up your your fan base or whatever, you know. And you can get some of those people yeah, to even come exactly. and, and have lunch too, you know, at the Bearded Lady to see you play and, and do covers. I like hearing, because um, I go, you know, um, anytime I go and see anybody, any of my friends play I'll, I'm, I'm always interested um with their covers especially if i know the original stuff like I'm, i listen to a lot of joe savage so i know a lot of his stuff and whenever i hear him play he'll do covers and um but it's in the joe savage style and it's always really cool i mean it sounds like the song but it's it, him that's doing, my yeah. favorite yeah. yeah putting like a little spin on it and then um it's really nice to see 
who likes what songs. Like, I love whenever I catch people singing or they'll be like, oh, my God. Like, the last time I was at Bearded Lady, somebody heard my Mountain Goats cover I do. And they were like, oh, my God, nobody does Mountain Goats covers. See, that's cool. It's like just the little random ones that I'm like, oh, I'm so glad somebody caught that. Yeah. And, and then you're automatically like, OK, we can be cool. Yeah, like thank you for listening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's very cool. Um, all right, so they can find your music on Apple and Spotify and YouTube and Bandcamp. Yeah, yeah, any and all of the places, um, all streaming platforms under Gabby Minton. And I actually have a couple of shirts left on my Bandcamp too, with my album cover on them. I'll oh. have some merch on there. Yeah, I tend to take it to the shows, too. I have yeah. um, the album cover is actually handmade. It's a painting with a bunch of stickers on it. And so it's real beautiful. It came out to a really nice print. And so, yeah, I'll have some merch on there along with the album for sale and some singles. Awesome. So, yeah, all streaming platforms. Great. And then they can follow you on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, Twitter, Instagram. I try to TikTok, but I'm horrible at it. But yeah. also TikTok. <laughs> All of them are uh, Gabby Minton music. Besides, I think my Twitter is just Gabby Minton. Excellent. All right. Yeah, maybe get some more follows and stuff. Hopefully, fingers crossed. So, and Y'all please listen to my sad music. <laughs> and did you say you, you had a, a couple more podcasts scheduled? Uh, yeah, I actually talked to Susie about going on Fort Worth Famous. Oh, see, that'll be fun. Oh, see, that'll be so much fun. Yeah, and then I'm going to go back on, uh, I was on Jerry Jonestown Massacre last month with uh, J.O.E. Oh. And that was super, super fun. I'm going to go back on that one in a couple of weeks, too. I totally forgot that you were on with Joe. Okay. Yeah, that was a surprise. It was I, I felt horrible because it was Joe's time. <laughs> and they were like, hey, you want to do it too? And it totally ended up being like a couple thing. But it worked out really fun. It was super cute. That's awesome. But That's yeah, I stole a little bit of the show time that night. That's but not... they were real sweet. Everybody was very welcoming. Yeah, they're cool dudes. And so, you, and so now you get to go back on and have your own show. Yeah, that'll be fun. And you know, Joe will probably be with me. I wouldn't be surprised if he hopped on my show. He should. <laughs> he totally should. Yeah. <laughs> right on. So, well, hey, it was very good to to talk to you and meet you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. Maybe I'll see you at Tulips in a bit. Maybe. Probably not. I'll probably stay here and finish this. I know, and I'm honestly, I'm going to be in and out. We're just going to see 88, and the second he's done, we're coming back. Yeah. we got to go support. <laughs> he, he puts on a great show. He puts on a fantastic show. Oh, yeah, he does. A so. great artist in the area. All right. Well, if you see anybody that knows me, tell them I said, hey. I will. I'll say all the hellos for you. Awesome. Thank you very much. Okay. Well, I guess we'll, I'll talk to you or see you later. All right. See you later. You have a good night. All right. You too. Bye. Bye-bye.
done wrapping each other's chains There's a thunder up under the hood That you just can't shake And I can't get enough of your Metal, metal. 